I have a question for you. If you open your TikTok, assuming you have it, what is your feed filled with? Maybe it's cute animals, mom humor, or comedians like Matt Reif. Well, mine is all of the above, plus tons of corporate humor. As a financial professional in a growth-based consulting firm, I live and breathe corporate America. But it isn't always sunshine and rainbows. Today, I have a special interview with a fellow corporate America mom boss and someone I respect and look up to. But before we dive in, I wanted to read you something I wrote while up late one night over a year and a half ago when I couldn't sleep. It says, a letter to corporate America from your high-performing millennial. Dear employers, this is a letter from one of your high-performing employees, one of your employees who's been rewarded financially, who's shown up, who's taken on more, who is ranked the highest from a performance scale consistently. We are not okay. Every May with Mental Health Awareness Month, we are awarded an extra day off to take time for our mental health. But guess what? That day just adds more stress to our lives. Those summer hours, they go unnoticed by your high-performing employees most of the time. Want to know why? Because you value us. You give us more, you ask for more, and if we don't show up and give 110%, no one is there to pick up the pieces. The work, the emails, the calls, it's all still there for us when we return. We log in after our kids go to bed. We don't miss deadlines. We show up when we don't feel 100% because our workload doesn't allow us to take us a break. I get it. You value us. So give us leadership positions. But when we speak up and say we need help, we hear, let's talk about how we can become more efficient. Even though we are caring way more than your average employee. You don't hear us that workload is unsustainable. You don't hear us when we said we haven't, you haven't hired or paid the right talent. You don't hear us when we say that enough is enough. You ask for more because you know what? We can, but at what cost? I'm a firm believer in boundaries when it comes to corporate America, and this letter is why. I've spent the better part of 10 plus years being a high performer and have seen many in my area and division burn out on workloads less than mine. Yes, my human design is a projector and I can be extremely efficient, but I have had to learn how to draw a metaphorical line in the sand when necessary. So today, I invite you into a conversation about boundaries in corporate America from two women, me and my friend Lauren, who on paper are killing it as we discuss the actions we've taken to set intentional boundaries in our lives so we can take steps towards being better every day. Welcome to the Being Better Everyday podcast, where we make your days more peacefully productive while you're juggling all the things. I'm your host, Julie Wenslick, a millennial mom, finance professional, and founder of PW Designs. I know that as a mom, business owner, corporate girly, or a combination of all three like myself, sometimes life can feel like a lot. With the simplicity and systems in being better every day, we create habits and routines that support your life, create calm in the chaos, and put the you back in your everyday. Grab those headphones, put on your shoes, and join me on a walk while we dig in to today's episode. So welcome, Lauren. I'm excited to have you on my first official guest of the Being Better Everyday podcast. First things first, tell me a little bit about yourself personally and a little bit about the type of position you hold in corporate America. Hey, well, I am excited to be here too. Um, Well, first and foremost, I am married to an awesome husband, um, and I raise a daughter who is uh, neurodiverse in a lot of different ways. Um, So that's my number one priority is those two. And then secondarily, (laughs) I have a job in corporate America. I am um, a sales leader within an organization where we do employee benefits consulting. And so I'm in what they call a player coach role. So I sell as an individual contributor, and then I lead a team of amazing sales uh, professionals as well. 
And how long have you been in that role? So I've been in the role for going on. I'm in my sixth year now. Crazy. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, today's episode is about boundaries, right? What is a boundary to you just in general? Yeah. Well, I'm definitely not an expert on boundaries, but for I, <laughs> I wish I was. I aspire to be. Um, for me, a boundary is sort of a guardrail that I put in place to help me stay grounded and present and just like centered in my life in a way that feels good. Yeah. I had heard a podcast recently that said boundaries keep us in our lives. And I think that's a good example, especially when we look at our careers, right? That we don't want our career to take over our life. So yeah, that's kind of how I view it too. Yes. And that's going to be different for every person. Yeah. So there are going to be some jobs and careers when setting boundaries are easier said than done. As a salesperson, or you probably don't like that term, but <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, in a sales role, I, I would assume that it's even harder than, let's say, my role in where I'm in a service role, right? So one of the hardest things for me, and I can only imagine for somebody who manages a team is managing my calendar. So just even managing a calendar with lunch breaks, right? There's oftentimes even when I'm on the phone with clients and they're like, oh, well, the only time I have available is 12 to 1230, right? Which is supposed to be their lunch, but they're already back to back for eight hours and we're going to now take the 30 minutes. So have you had that problem of kind of managing your calendar, managing your workflow and what have you done about it? Yeah. Well, yes, I've had that problem, so I can empathize with you. I'm in that boat with you. I think when you're in sales, it's sort of like you're running your own business within the organization. So you're always on call. You're always available for that next sale or that next step to hopefully close that deal, right? And so what I've done is I've been really intentional about putting things on my calendar Mm -hmm. that absolutely cannot move. And I work around those. So a couple examples would be any doctor's appointment for my daughter. Once that's on my calendar, that's set in stone. I don't care if it's the largest sale that I've ever sold in my life. Not moving it. And then I have a therapist that I see as part of my self-care bi-weekly. And I never move that for anything. So there's been like leadership dinners. There's been events. Like you name it. I will not move those two things. But I think your example was lunch, which obviously that's a little more flex. And that's been something I've been working on a lot. Actually, I've been working with a nutritionist. um, And I realized that I always sort of put my nutrition on the back burner, like as a second priority to work. So I've started to block that time intentionally. But I get in the same position as you where somebody wants just a quick call. Can I just connect with you quickly? And so what I've started to do is really plan for that. So having like a protein shake ready to go that has all the nutrition I would need in a meal or having sort of like something that comes out of the freezer that I've pre-cooked that can just be microwaved. And then I've just gotten really comfortable with saying, I'm sorry, I'm going to be eating during this conversation. Yeah, I've done that. And what I found is everybody's everybody's like, yes, please eat, please yeah. eat, right? And so just getting comfortable with either turning my video off or... Doing this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or just mouth. eating in front of people, right? Yeah. And being okay with that. Um, and so, it, you know, it's it's not perfect every day, but... So how often do you go into the office? Um, I usually on go, average. I usually go in like twice a week. So on those days, 
are you bringing the protein shake then because you know you're going to get interrupted more or like what does that no. look like? I'm usually packing like a pretty decent lunch when I'm going in. I don't know what it is about leaving the house and going in, but I get hungrier. <laughs> so I usually like, have to run out of food. Yeah, I usually have like a salad or something with like a good amount of protein and then a couple snacks. But you're meal prepping that though. Yeah. So I'm meal prepping for sure if I'm okay. going in. And then... Um, I'm meal prepping on the weekend. So as I go into the week. That was going to be my next question. As I go into the week. And sometimes it's better than others. Like there's some weekends where I get really inspired by food and I make, you know, I pre-make like really nice meals. And then there's other times where it's like I cut up my veggies and my fruit and I have hummus and I have hard boiled eggs, you know. so That's that's my prep this week for sure. (laughs) I think the calendar management is something both of us work with executives, right? So we work with the the busiest of the busy in a lot of ways from a calendar perspective. Mm-hmm. And I see that that is something that's the hardest for people. And so I was just kind of curious how you manage it too. My calendar isn't as busy as the people I see, right? Yes. Like I have, I will have days where I'm on video seven hours. And so I do the same thing where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have some good protein shakes and I'm going to have some good prepped meals. That's my biggest like boundary during the day is, getting food (laughs) yeah, and getting good food, right? Because if I don't eat, I go for junk. The other thing that I found for myself is that I need brain breaks. So we've talked about this kind of personally, but I'm a human design projector. And what that means is I can go really deep on things and I can be extremely efficient and I can see solutions to systems like incredibly easy. But it also means that I burn out really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I found that if I have a very complicated call or if I have a really long call, I mean, sometimes I have climbing meetings that are three hours long, like I have to have a brain break after. And I go for like a 10 minute, 15 minute walk outside when it's nice. Um, I don't like winter. So I end up just staying inside and walking on my walking pad when, <laughs> when it's not nice outside. But in general, like that's kind of one of those things I've done to manage my calendar too. If I have breaks, I take a break. Yeah. And I definitely didn't do that in my twenties. Like, I love that idea. Yeah. And we have the, both the joy of working from home at least a couple of days a week. Yeah. I mean, I'm more like four days a week, so I get that luxury a lot more, but yeah, yeah. Um, definitely has helped. So one of the inspirations for this episode around boundaries was a conversation I had with my boss about who's about 15 years older than me. So we're in different generations. And I was well aware that my workload on was, am, I should say this is not past tense, uh, that my workload on paper is larger than everyone in my region for the most part. I think there's probably one person that has a bigger workload and that happens to be my boss. Oh, but other than that, um, you know, so again, he's, he's certainly well aware of what workloads look like. And I expressed my anxiety around handling the upcoming round of meetings. So that the way that my job works is for those who aren't privy to what a retirement plan consultant does is I am busy eight weeks and then lighter the other four weeks. So for example, for the most recent quarter end, because my world is on quarters, I was slower prepping for meetings the month of July. And then August and September, those eight weeks, I'm out externally seeing clients or even on Zoom or whatever, but I'm holding those meetings in those eight weeks. And so I was talking to him at the beginning of the (laughs) month about what it was like going into an extremely busy quarter. And the response I got was basically suck it up. Mm -hmm. And 
I think what I've learned in my career in corporate America is that you are responsible for your own boundaries. You are responsible for your attitude and energy as it relates to your workflow because ultimately you're the one in control of it, right? I can have an extremely heavy workflow and if I go into every single day with negative energy, that's not going to help anything. Mm -hmm. So I've set some pretty... Uh, boundaries are always meant to be moved, right? <laughs> yeah. But some boundaries around my work and my life. Uh, and so I'll go through mine and then I kind of want to go through yours of, of how you manage it too, because I know you're, we're talking from, t- and busy is not a badge of honor, but we're talking from two very successful women who have a lot on their plate. And so for me, one of the things that I've done in my 30s, really since having my daughter, is I don't work evenings unless I am going to miss a deadline. So my job is one where I do have the privy of setting my own workflow and deadlines with my clients. I manage my own clients. I It's my responsibility to get things done. It's I have no team, no, like it's on me. So therefore I set my own deadlines with clients. And, you know, I had a call come up today where somebody asked for an update of a complex document. And I, instead of promising it her to her the next day, I said, I will get it to you by Thursday, right? So I'm able to set those deadlines. So I realize that's why I don't have to work evenings a lot. But it is definitely something that I've set because my work expands to the time that you give it. And so I've had to set that line in the sand for myself. The other thing I try to do is, and I already mentioned this, is take walk breaks during the day. I will totally eat during calls, like you said, because I mean... I don't really care about as long as it's not like a formal call like <laughs> I will eat during a call um so I would rather take the walk breaks over eating and not working yeah I guess, yeah how I put it and then the other thing I do is I turn off email notifications on my phone I have email on my phone because I am away from my desk traveling for clients etc so I need to be able to check my email but I do not have push notifications turned on and that's a huge boundary for me because otherwise I get distracted and then this is one that If you are constantly managing a heavy workload, I also believe in regularly communicating with your leadership about it because I've had instances where when I was managing a team and I intentionally chose to step back from that, but when I was managing a team, I got blindsided by an individual who was underwater and didn't communicate it to me. And so I do believe like it's important to communicate and kind of set expectations that I feel overwhelmed And this is why. And the other thing, being in a managing position is come with solutions if you can. (laughs) Yeah. But I think sometimes it's scary to say I feel overwhelmed, especially if you're in a phase where you're looking to, like, move forward or take on more. And so I think I just think that's awesome that you're doing that well I'm also an Enneagram 8 so I'm very direct (laughs) so maybe I never thought about the fact that people would struggle with that (laughs) I think it's really yeah I think it can be hard for people to say that and I think it's very vulnerable but as a leader if a team member says that to me then I'm like okay that's a problem we can work with how can we yeah you know solve for that so that's how I look at it yeah like I want to know yeah but you're right I never thought of it from a growth position I'm also in a, a point in my career where I'm Less worried about, that's the wrong thing to say, but like less worried about growth, more happy with where I'm at. How about that? That's okay. That's not the wrong, I don't think that's the wrong thing to say. I know I'm interrupting this episode, but I promise you it's for a good reason. Can you believe that we're in the fourth quarter? That means it's time to get your first ever dated Being Better Everyday Planner. The 2024 planner line includes the all new Brain Dump Planner Plaid that will be available on October 20th, so don't miss out. 
There will be limited stock of each of the products, so if you want to enter into the new year with a system to be, help you be more peacefully productive, message me the word launch over on Instagram. It's julie.pwdesigns and get on the list for launch. Um, so let's talk about what boundaries have you yeah. set? Well, first, I was just, it was so interesting what you said about your manager that you went to because I think it, this happens a lot in corporate America where... Um, you know, you have middle managers in these large organizations that really can't solve some of the problems yeah, that you bring. Yeah, and that's what they, his issue is. And, and so there's a reluctancy to even acknowledge them sometimes, right? Yeah. And so just speaking of, like, we started the podcast with, like, how do I stay grounded and how do I stay centered? And I think that can be very challenging when you do put yourself out there and then you're not even acknowledged like yeah right well because it makes you not want to speak up again yeah it's just like well what's the point what's the point they're not going to hear me and so the fact that you continuously keep doing that I think is is super to me that's like a boundary that you're setting for yourself to acknowledge your own emotions and because they're not being acknowledged you're saying I'm going to acknowledge them anyways and I'm going to be verbal about them and I think people can learn from that I think that's really cool so for me I would say I like yours because they're super concrete. I feel like (laughs) mine ebb and flow a little bit more depending on what's going on with me. So part of that practice of having that regular therapy session, and I also like um, have a pretty good meditation practice, is just this like constant practice of checking in and saying, okay, where am I at? Um, And what do I need right now or this week or this month or this year? And so... I would say that my boundaries have changed depending on what's going on. My, well, that's on good my though, life. because you have a check-in then. Yeah. So your boundary is the check-in. Yes. So certainly I would say similarly, I do, I don't have push notifications on my phone with email. I oftentimes will leave the phone. So like leaving it out of the room at bedtime or leaving it upstairs when I go downstairs to make dinner. I need to be better at that. Um, <laughs> like if I just remove the phone from my, from my area, then I seem to do better that way because I do have a tendency to like want to jump on email or want to jump on even if it's social media or whatever and then I'm just not as present and then I sort of plan my work weeks week by week because being in sales the week can look so different week by week but I'm always I think similar to you looking for like a certain amount of like physical activity, a certain amount of family time um, every week. And sometimes that changes. Like let's say Ruby's going through something and having a hard week. I know then I need to pull back because I'm going to be giving more to her at home than I would be doing at work. So kind of depending on the week, it changes um, and ebbs and flows. But I would say, and it also changes, like, just depending on, like, I know this isn't a hormone podcast, but, like, (laughs) what's going on, right? Like, am I needing more connection with friends that week? Or am I needing more solitude? And so I sort of plan around that as well. I'm not afraid, I would say, to pull back anytime that I need to. I, I have a mindset of, like, my health comes first, my family comes first, and when there's a need there, everything else will come second. Now that's like a juggling act sometimes, but it's just, I guess, having that foundation and belief that you matter more than that job or that promotion. Do you communicate those boundaries or intentions with management, or are you in a position where you don't necessarily have to so that they don't have to be totally... That's a good question because some people don't have that luxury. I right. Do, I do have like 
a lot of autonomy in my scheduling Same. and my day. And I know not everybody has that. Because um, I, I mean, I know who both of our, our leaders are. And I just feel like if I had to not, if I didn't have that autonomy, I feel like that would be a lot harder for me. Yes. Because I'm super connected to that. Like, again, the cycle information that where I am from a mental health perspective and with my family, but I don't necessarily communicate that to my leaders. And if I had to, I feel like that would be a lot harder for me. Yeah. I think that would be really hard. And I think that's like a, a I guess something that I've worked towards my entire yeah. life as being in this type of position and you right. know, being able to do this. But not everybody has a career path where that's even an option, right. depending on what they're doing. I mean, obviously, we're not experts on it then, right? But I was just thinking about that as you were talking. It was like, we both have autonomy. Yeah. Again, my my leadership isn't even in the same state. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I will say, I intentionally picked the organization that I'm with because of the leaders. Yeah. And I'm not an open book person. I generally tend to hold what I'm going through or what I'm dealing with pretty close. Mm. But there's been times in my life where I've faced major health issues or things that just go beyond, right? And I've been able to share those times with the leaders that I work for and ask for support. So I've had times where I've said, you know, I'm taking this amount of time off or you're going to see me less in the evening. And that has been really well received. But the way that I went about that was not asking them to solve. It was coming in and saying during this period of time in my life for the next three weeks, I'm going to need to work these hours And it's because, you know, you can choose to share or not, right? You can say, I have something at home that needs my attention. Or if you feel comfortable and it's a safe space, you can tell them a little bit about what's going on. But there was never a need to overshare. You know, it was just this is this is what's going to be going on. Yeah, no, that's good feedback. And I was... I lost my squirrel brain and lost my train of thought on where I was going with it. I was like, no, that's, uh, oh, the solution thing, right? So yeah. that is one thing that I feel like is, but if you are struggling with something and if you can envision a solution, yes, that is, no matter if you're in a sales or service organization or whatever, it helps yes. when you're communicating those boundaries. Yes. Because it's not, hey, I'm just coming to you with a problem, go figure it out. It's, hey, I understand that I'm coming to you with a problem and here's how I think you could solve it. If you're okay with X, Y, Z solution. Yes. You know. Yeah. You always get further that way. So you've talked a little bit about, you know, managing your, and I, I mean, in the planner of me, I'm hearing you plan out intentionally weeks. <laughs> I'm like, yay. Um, but let's talk about saying no. And, and this is hard. And as I've mentioned, we have the experience of a growth-based firm, mm-hmm. meaning they push and they want you to grow. They want the firm to grow. Maybe that's every firm. I don't know. But (laughs) have you said no or how do you do it? So I would say I was in a period in the last couple of years where I was really growing my career. And so I was saying yes, 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 yes. Um, And then I got to a point where I realized I could no longer say yes to everything. To your point earlier, I was overwhelmed and I had said yes to too many things. So now I'm in a period of... Not necessarily saying no, but really evaluating every option and thinking about what I've learned, right? Like when we're growing and we're trying new things, we learn new things and we we learn what makes us happy and what doesn't make us happy and um, what we can tolerate and what we can't. So 
So I've been in that period. One of the things that I've been really trying to learn to get better at is, um, as a leader, is I might not say no, but I might think, do I need to do this? Is there somebody else who would love this opportunity, who I can promote as opposed to myself in this scenario? Um, And so I've been trying to give others the opportunity to support each other as opposed to me being the one to support everyone. Well, and that's something that you hear entrepreneurs talk about a lot. Yeah. The same too, right? Yeah. So, and I think that's important from when I, even for me, not in a sales position or official leadership position right now is um, from the service side of things is I was always one to say yes, because I wanted the recognition and I wanted to prove that I could do it. So again, as a projector, success happens to be the like, way we receive affirmation or however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I have learned to acknowledge that my clients come first and that I can't say yes to every internal thing I know I could help with and that I could do and that I could do well. And I love receiving the internal recognition, but at the same time, I have to make sure that my clients are taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that has caused me to say no a lot more. Now, it actually brings some of my joy down because mm-hmm. I really love the creation side, hence PW planners, but like the creation side of my job. But that's where I've had to say no is if it doesn't serve the client, which is ultimately who's paying our jobs. Yeah. I've had to pull back and say no and, and reprioritize it basically. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about do boundaries look different if you're not meeting your goals, right? So you're in a sales based <laughs> role. Do do these conversations change if they if the person isn't performing? Mm. They shouldn't. I think, so this is what I think about boundaries. I think first and foremost, boundaries are for ourselves, not for other people, right? right. So I think there's a misconception, like we place boundaries on other people. No, you're, really, you're protecting your peace. You're putting them in for yourself, right? Yeah. And so in my case, if I was not performing... I would have to hold closer to my boundaries because I like to win and I like to perform. (laughs) So I would be struggling emotionally and I would probably need more of the healthy food and the walks and the meditation and the therapy and those things to keep me grounded because I would be working through reminding myself that my worth is not that number, right? When you're a salesperson, you're constantly judged by the number of, you know, revenue that you've sold. And so I would be working through that and reminding myself what my worth is. And so I need more of those boundaries and more of that groundedness. So good. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. So we're good. We're good. Let's move on. (laughs) Good answer. Okay. Um, So one of the things that happens I'm sure everywhere, and again, my experience is corporate America with this, but uh, the badge of honor of being busy, right? So it's the same thing for me. This is a huge pet peeve of mine, but when people walk up to you and realize, oh, how are you today? And if you say anything other than good, right, they're like, what's wrong? (laughs) Um, It's the same kind of concept, right? Like most people, when you say, how are you, the new answer is busy instead of good. I totally find myself doing that, and I hate when I do it. Well, right, but you also don't want to go into this diatribe about how, what your life is like for the day. So I get it. But um, so how do we not get sucked into 
like the badge of honor of busy, right? Of like just adding more to show and prove, like you said, your worth yeah. in the organization. You know, I've been thinking about this busyness thing a lot because um, there's certain things within my career that I love. And then there's certain things I tolerate. And then there's certain things I just hate doing. Like, I hate filing my expenses. I wait until, like, the last day every time, right? As we're talking, I have a stack on my desk. So, yes. So, I find that when I'm working in the things that I love doing, I love selling. So, if I'm out meeting with prospects and I'm in finalist presentations or I'm creating content for a sales presentation... I can work a lot of hours and not feel that same busyness load as if you put me in my weaknesses, right? Right. Like if I'm just, you know, working through organizing something or whatever. So I think that what I'm starting to realize is when we say we're really busy or people say I'm so busy, a lot of times it's that they have a day full of stuff that they're not looking forward to. (laughs) Yeah. And it feels like, you know, the same eight hours of doing that feels like, you know, 16 hours or whatnot. And so I've been really thinking about how can I advocate for myself to do more of what I love and what brings me energy and less of those things that make me feel super busy, Um, which isn't very easy considering what you were just saying earlier, right, Right. about about the workload. but I think it's, it's, I've started to have conversations similar to you with leaders about those things. Uh, if we ever hear any background noise, that would be my dog who is insisting He's to sweet. join the podcast. <laughs> he has some things to say, I think. Yeah, I never thought of busy that way. The consultants and I always joke that one of our least favorite things in our job is writing meeting minutes. <sighs> So meeting minutes are literally documenting, you know, the formal legality of what happened in our conversations because we have a liability and it's everyone's like, if they could just write themselves, maybe with AI that will happen to us. But, (laughs) um, so I, I had never thought of it that way, but yeah, I would agree. Like if I'm out at meetings during the day and I get to see people and yeah, do my thing. Yeah. Like I don't feel that way, but if I'm doing meeting minutes, (laughs) Correct. Well, and you have like your walking pad. I mean, I guess it's, we're all going to have to do that stuff, but when we do it, what can we do yeah. to make it more enjoyable or can we break it up into chunks to yeah. make it more digestible and like, you know, yeah. like not plan a whole day where you're doing meeting minutes, but spread it out. Or... Well, and then from a boundaries perspective, it's also like me internally acknowledging that just because somebody else looks busier or looks like they're getting X, Y, Z, that that doesn't diminish my worth to the organization. No. But that's, I mean, that's something I've had to learn, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, if I'm not getting the accolades in that second, it's yeah, like, oh my gosh, I'm, I need to be doing more. I need to be, you know, yeah. I'm like, and I've but really that's... had to sit into my worth of like, no, I'm good. And I'm good at my job. Yes. You know? Well, that's a corporate culture. I mean, our... Our bodies and our beings are there for profit, Yeah, if you think about it. And so as much as corporations care about the individual person, like, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of, that's kind of what we're all there for is to fit in and perform in a way that creates growth, growth, right? Yeah. So we talked a little bit about communication boundaries. We'll make this one pretty quick. We've talked about email notifications. Is there any other communication boundaries you have with a team? (laughs) Well, I do get 
as a leader, you do get communication anytime, all the time, yeah. right? So I've definitely had moments where I'm getting like a Teams message at 5 a.m. Or, you know, if somebody's going through th- something in their personal life, they might have to reach out and tell you. And um, for me, it's there's not necessarily setting limits with people because there's there needs to be flexibility yeah. to have that that supportive relationship. But when I'm getting that communication, I'm then evaluating, do I need to respond now? Could this wait? Well, in some of the examples our team's done is we don't text back. If we need something or if something needs to get added to your coworkers' to-dos, we don't yeah. text it. Yes. We also don't Teams it. Because oh. um, if we Teams it, especially with some of the individuals I work with, it will get lost. So we have to email it because then they can flag it and remember to do it. Yeah. And I'm actually the same way. I have people who uh, will want me to peer review things or, you know, look at something for expertise. And I'm like, don't Teams me because I will forget. Yes. Yes. You have to email me. So, I mean, even something as simple as that, but it is a like communication boundary with my team that says, if you actually want me to do something, you need to email me. Send it an email because otherwise... Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think if something gets lost in Teams, then it's sort of like user error. Like, that's not where you should have put that. <laughs> yes. But I will say, like, having early career talent, I've had some early career talent on my team right out of college, which has been interesting to see, like, they don't necessarily know yet what's really important or not, right? Mm, like, um, I need to interrupt you in this meeting to tell you that you know, I didn't get the lunch invite next for next week. It didn't <laughs> come like, through or something, you know. And so kind of having to teach those individuals like, okay, every time you get this, just think about yeah. <laughs> is this important. I remember now my boss telling later. me about that in my twenties a lot. <laughs> but it still applies as an adult because sometimes I guess sometimes it would be easy just to respond, right? Like, if I get the 5 a.m. Teams message, it would be easy just to, like, write back and get it over with. But then I have to have the boundary of, like, no, this is my time with my family or this is my time by myself or whatever, and this can wait till later. I always – I was talking about that on a recent conversation with regards to planning your priorities for the day. Like, don't manage your day based on other people's priorities. Yeah. And even though we work externally with clients and prospects and, like, yeah. that still doesn't mean that outside of the actual calendar meetings you have, yes. that you shouldn't control what your priority is for the day. Totally. So. so I had a mentor who told me, sometimes if you let a problem just sit for a little <laughs> bit, yes, it solves itself. <laughs> And that's one of the my favorite things to remind myself of because if we have an angry client, yeah, or an up angry is not the right word, but upset, an upset client that's who's maybe even stressed, upset with a vendor, right? It's very easy to take that on and yeah. have that take over our day. And I remind myself sometimes if you let it just sit for a moment, it resolves itself. And it's amazing when you go in with that intention, how many times that'll happen, and you can watch it happen and prove yeah. it to yourself. No, that definitely happened. I've I've started to learn to do that. I asked my client to include me on everything so I can see what's going on, especially when there's communications with vendors. Um, but a lot of times I will stay silent until like I see them say something wrong or, yes, yes. <laughs> or if like it's been a, a, little, a minute and then I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. But I definitely have learned to like step back Wait. because of that same philosophy. And we're not talking like 
more than 24 hours. No. We're the type of people that would respond like within five minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you see it and you want to respond right away. I'm like, it's not my problem yet. I need to give the vendor a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know we happen to be talking on a day that is your day one of staycation. Yay. So yes. let's talk about what boundaries look like uh, related to your job and vacations. Yeah. So I send everybody I work with, my team, my client managers, my manager, everybody I work with gets an email that says, I am going to be on vacation. <laughs> I don't get one of these emails. <laughs> and this is where it starts. It's I'm going to be on vacation. Um, I'll be unavailable for these dates. And then I say, you know, if you have expense reports, please get them in before I leave. Or, you know, I kind of lay out different, different, yeah, depending, on the- depending on what's going on. Um, and then I make a commitment to myself around what I'm willing to do and not willing to do. So for example, last spring break, my family, we went away. Um, we were in the country, so accessible. And I had a big, um, request for proposal due for a prospect. And so I decided I had to work on that on vacation. So I set, I will work on it for two hours. If yeah, it goes I've past two hours, then it, then I'm not anymore. Right. And part of that was like necessary. It's just like when you own a business, right? Like you yeah. sometimes just have to get things done. Um, but I'm also not afraid to tell prospects and clients, I, I can take your call, but I'm on vacation, right? Like, it's like, keep it short, you know? So it was funny. I was working on a project back in 2021. Um, so this is a couple of years ago. And obviously 2021, not, a, a lot of people weren't traveling that often, right? Yes. But I was still traveling for client meetings. And I happen to have some random vacations in that 2021, 2022. And there was a client that I was working on with a project. So not an ongoing one, not that I have a long-term relationship. I swear every time he called me, I was on vacation. <laughs> He's like, this woman never works. I know. And I was like, I swear, this is not the norm. This just happens to be when you're talking to me. Um, but I will do the same, right? If a client needs something, I will answer. But I also set the boundary. I've So everyone's positions are going to be unique on this. Yeah. I actually love, unless it's a massive, like, most of my vacations are just going to the cabin or, yeah. you know, going to a lake or not massive, yeah. like, international vacations. Um, so I will manage my email for usually about an hour a day. Yeah. And that is for my own sanity's sake. So it's not so crazy when you come Correct. Back. So yeah. I flag everything that needs to be addressed post-vacation. I delete everything that I'm like, okay, either it's going to resolve itself, which I totally do on vacation, or, like, yeah. file it to the folder. Um, yeah. And so that's one of the things that I do 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 yeah unless it's like a one day vac- but i'm talking like week-long vacations gone i tend to week. manage it's my email hard to come back and try to dig out of email well and i don't have a day to set aside to do it right? no that's, that's the, the problem yeah i think i think this is where like the burnout happens and i think it's assessing um if it was- I, I recently had a vacation where i truly like left my phone at home we went in places most days and i barely had internet access there and I realized that I needed that. Like, yeah. it just sort of happened. And I was like, gosh, I really can't, like, get a cell phone reception here. Yeah, so then you don't have a choice and then you're not tempted And then either. I realized, like, how much more refreshed I came back when I truly disconnected, when yeah. I didn't look at one email. Because otherwise, I'd see the email and then I'd think, oh, I'm going to have to do that when I get back or I need to get to that, you know. That's true. And so 
but you know we don't always need that it depends what's going on and yeah that's true yeah so that's a good example of it and again I love that you proactively communicate that you're going to be out. I have yeah. started to put a uh, on my email tagline. I'm, I have upcoming yes. time off or vacate, whatever you want to call it, right? And that way people can kind of like See manage it. it on their own too. Yeah, I like um, that. So I'm going to be in Canada fishing in October. Um, and I'm not a big fisherman, so this I will have to do some sort of I love this download of that. <laughs> Another podcast, um, right? <laughs> um, but my grandparents have been going since they were in their 30s. Okay. And everyone in my extended family has basically gone but me. Um, oh. And my brother hasn't gone since he was like 10. So we're both going oh, together cool. um, for like three days. And I mean, like I said, I am not a huge fisherman, so this will be interesting. But that's going to be one. I have no cell phone signal. I will be disconnected. I will have it on. And I'm going to be like... And then you'll see how you feel. Yeah. I know when I came back from that trip where I didn't have the cell phone signal, I then felt like, how do I bottle this up and like bring it into every day? Like, how do I get a part of every day where my system feels that relaxed? And I can't say I've like maintained that long term. This was in a couple months ago, but, um, but I am more intentionally thinking about like, how do I shut the brain off? That's such a good idea. Anything else um, that you can think of that's helpful? No, this is really fun. This is my first time being on a podcast. So <laughs> I, uh, yay! Yay! <laughs> I did it! Okay. Well, thank you for taking your time out of the day, Lauren. Um, it's something I don't feel like it gets talked, in out of, talked about enough, and it's hard to open up when we don't... I mean, for me, I've even had conversations with other people in corporate America, and it's one where we worry about... Well, I don't want it to impact the performance of our jobs by having a conversation around what we do and do not do with relation to our job. Um, Everything I said today, for example, like I've had the conversation with my bosses about they know that I feel like I'm at capacity and that's okay. Um, I believe in working hard and performing, but I also believe that it shouldn't come at a cost of our own mental health. I uh, asked on my Instagram what boundaries meant to other people and I thought I would share a couple of them because I thought, I mean, again, they align with kind of what Lauren and I said and and the fact is that they will mean something different to each of you. Um, So boundaries, a couple of the quotes were boundaries are self-care. Life and people can weigh you down and you can get burnt out if you don't create a safe space for time for yourself to refocus or rest. Uh, Another one was my family is still first and I know I heard you say that too. I don't have a daughter in school yet, but I'm going to be definitely focusing on that as we transition to the next stage of life next year. Um, sorry, go back to the quote. <laughs> Scroll brain. <laughs> um, I said, my family is still first. I work hard and do extra, but if I feel like I'm having to put my family second, it's a hard no for me. And then another one was, this one was pretty defined, right? No logging on, checking email during PTO, no working over 40 hours unless absolutely needed, including not responding to emails after hours and taking all my PTO. On that note, one of the advices I got from a leader was, especially when it relates to externally client-facing emails, is I don't send an email if I'm working late at night uh, until the next morning. So Mm -hmm. I will do a delay delivery so that my clients don't know that I'm working at 8 or 9 or 10 p.m. at night. Um, I've heard companies make policies around that because it actually stresses other people out when... Especially if leaders do well, that. Well, the amount of emails I get on weekends from executives. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, And so that is something that, like, is another, I would guess, ex- is, is, say, example, right, of, of boundaries. Because I've gotten emails from vendors at, like, 1 a.m. Yeah. And then you're like, well, 
can I trust you to get your work done if you're working until 1 a.m.? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's even like a performance-based one, right? Um, but anyway, boundaries can, as I've mentioned, right, they should be specific to you. What works for me may not work for you, and that's okay. It's about creating the intention and making sure that you're taking care of your mental health and personal priorities. Remember, boundaries help you put the you back in your life. So after a conversation today, let me ask you, where do you need to reevaluate the boundaries you've set or maybe haven't set? Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Being Better Everyday podcast. To see any visuals, head over to my YouTube channel. Links, socials, and resources mentioned can always be found in today's show notes. I truly appreciate you leaving a rating and review to help me reach more women looking to build systems to be peacefully productive. If you are looking for more, you can always find me on Instagram at julie.pwdesigns, sharing the behind the scenes of my everyday life as a millennial mom, corporate girly, and small business owner. Until next time, keep on taking one step at a time towards your version of being better every day.